Hi, I'm Chad Emerson, and this is the Downtown Explorer Podcast, the virtual third place where we gather for interesting conversations with downtown innovators and entrepreneurs. Hi, everyone. Chad Emerson, Downtown Huntsville, Inc. We are back with another episode of the Downtown Explorer Podcast, and today we're excited to welcome Richard Williams, one of the principals at Media Fusion. Richard, welcome to the pod. Afternoon, Chad. Glad to be here. All right. So one of the reasons uh, we asked you to join us, because you all do a lot of the marketing promotional uh, branding work for a lot of the NASA activities. We want to talk about those because we're hopefully pretty soon going to be launching this big, beautiful SLS rocket. We are. But before we get to uh, that work, tell us Media Fusion how it got started. It's headquartered here in Huntsville, and you all do some of the most creative work anywhere in the country. Wow, great. Great setup. Thank you. Uh, so Media Fusion started 27 years ago, which is kind of hard to even imagine I said that. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim McAuyer, who's my business partner, started the company with a friend of his. And this was back when interactive CD-ROMs were cool. So that, that gives you a kind of a date uh, to, to stand by on that. At the time, we were just going to be an, an interactive company building um, web stuff and animations and video and that kind of thing. But like a lot of people in Huntsville, if you want to eat, um, you, you kind of start drifting into the government contracting space. And, and so over time, uh, NASA became a really big client of ours, still to this day is a big, a big client of ours, um, although we do work for the Navy and the National Park Service and the Department of Energy, um, even local groups like Toyota here in town and, and nationally for Toyota as well. We've done work. So we, it's commercial companies as well that we do work for. Tell us about that very first contract, first interaction with NASA. Was it Marshall or some other aspect? It was. That was uh, pre my time. That was something that Tim uh, got involved in. We did a lot of very early animation for, uh, for NASA. And so we had a local group here in town reach out to us to to um, all the Huntsville people will know what this is to uh, visualize the X thirty four I think or thirty seven spacecraft back when it was still just kind of an idea and and that's a lot of what we still do to this day is that as NASA and other groups will kind of have this idea of what something is going to look like and it's really just kind of a you know paper napkin uh, kind of drawing at this point will help visualize to see what the future is going to look like. And so that was the first project for us, which kind of got us in the door with NASA and we started working with them more. And then before we knew it, we were asked to be on a contract, uh, helping do communications work for NASA. And here we are today. So since the X-34, right? I think that's right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, since that project, what are some of the other projects people might recognize? Did you all work on shuttle or other... Gosh, you know, um, as things have developed, certainly in Huntsville over time, really just about anything you've seen happen out of Huntsville, uh, we've been involved in helping visualize that in, in some form or fashion. So during all the um, Aries days when they were first starting to get an idea of what that rocket was going to look like and what the mission was going to look like, we were a part of that. And then in the, you know, now in the very early days as SLS was, was just starting to be um, talked about, I've got an image on my computer that I open up every once in a while, and it was it was a an animation that we did that was showing what the SLS was going to look like in flight. But this was 10 years ago that we did it. And so it was the very first when NASA announced this new great big rocket that they were going to build. I've got a screenshot of a picture from CNN 
of them showing our animation about what, what it was going to look like. And, and then the thrilling part is just a couple of weeks ago, I get to go down to Kennedy and stand in front of this massive rocket that's sitting on the pad. And, and I've been talking about it and thinking about it and seeing pictures of it for 10 plus years. And now there it is. Uh, in front of me. It's pretty cool. So how close was that initial visualization to what you saw on the stand? Well, the funny part is I, I was taking pictures of it and, and sending it to our animators because I'm I'm not an animator, I, and, but I was sending it to our staff who are just amazing folks who have also been telling this story forever. And at first they thought I was kidding. And, and so they were giving me feedback about how the clouds weren't right or the Hey, there's a little bit of this on on the rock, whatever. And I said, "No, guys, this is the rocket. I, <laughs> this isn't some image somebody else created on a computer. I am taking a picture of the real thing. I'm standing in front of it." And so that was really pretty incredible. You all do something that kind of reminds me of what Walt Disney Imagineering does. Before the attraction opens, you create renderings, and other use the word visualize. Right. Yeah. You know, what's the process? How do you come up with the look, the flight pan, the the color scheme of something that doesn't exist yet. Well, that's, that's our our amazing staff, really, and these are people who've been doing this for fifteen plus years of, of knowing how to work with engineers and knowing how to work with scientists and, and really helping people who maybe at this point in, in the project are focused on a, a real small part of what this is going to be, but what we help them is let's think about the larger picture. When, when this thing is actually sitting on the pad and you get down to three, two, one, go, what are things going to look like? What color is the smoke going to be? Is the smoke going to come off of all around or just out of this flame pit over here? What, you know, how are things going to start to happen over time? And, and these people, they know these things, um, but they've never had to really sit down and think through the whole thing. And that's what we help try and get out of engineers is, what is the future going to look like on these things? So these days, as you're trying to, I think NASA does a really good job, maybe like uh, the Army does and Marines or a federal entity is kind of try to create this pride, you know, you know, the Go Army thing or Marine um, branding. NASA does a really good job because they're trying to inspire people, I assume. Absolutely. So when your client, whoever that person is at NASA, you know, how much bandwidth or, or, or leeway do you get when they say as, all right, Richard and Media Fusion, visualize this. Is it a, you know, a, a, I guess what I'm asking, do they micromanage a lot or do you get a lot of creative freedom? Well, uh, there's kind of two answers to that. Um, one is when you're visualizing thing, I think there is a certain amount of creative freedom and it's it's built over time of us working with NASA that, that they can say, we, we kind of trust you to help tell the story. Um, but then there's another part of that really, uh, we over time we've grown to where now we have support staff on site at NASA Marshall. Um, that's their job. They go in every day to work at NASA Marshall and help tell that story. And, and for that, we're really part of a very large team, not just at Huntsville, but really at Kennedy and Johnson and headquarters and all over everywhere. And it's a real orchestrated mission to set, to make sure that we're, you know, the challenge of a group that's so large as NASA is that if you don't orchestrate these things, you can, in, instead of having a unified message, you can actually be kind of canceling each other out. Um, and so that's part of what our team has to be careful about and make sure that we're we're getting the right direction, saying that we're focused on this right now. This is, you know, we're at the stage now where we're 
putting the rocket together. And so we're going to talk about these things. But now we're talking about the wet dress rehearsal. And so let's focus on that. And, and so that is really, whereas some of our visualization projects are a small group of people working on things, our other projects can be, we're a team of hundreds of people who are helping to tell that story. And, and that's a real orchestration to make that happen. So let's uh, deconstruct some of the terminology for the people not <laughs> in that world. No. Um, so what is or how does SLS, the Space Launch System, okay. and the Artemis program, how do they interact? You hear those terms a lot, but they have a difference, right? Right. So the overall mission uh, for going to the going to the moon and beyond is the Artemis mission. And so what makes up the pieces of that? Um, are, you know, Huntsville's role in that is the SLS rocket, the Space Launch System rocket. Um, Kennedy is going to be in China, Florida, is going to be in control of all of the ground systems that are there. So that's the pad and, and, and all of the people that are going to help get the rocket built and assembled and rolled out to the pad and off the ground. And then um, in Houston, you're going to have people who are in charge of the capsule that's sitting on top of the rocket. So the, the capsule is called Orion. The, the rocket is called SLS. There's the ground operations in Florida. All this together is called Artemis, and that's the mission of going back to the moon. So compare that to, say, um, Apollo and Saturn. How, 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 what's the Yeah, analogy? it's very, a very similar analogy. So, that, you know, the rocket is, is, was the Saturn V rocket, and that was a part of the Apollo program. Okay. Yeah. And so the overall arching program in now is Artemis, exactly. and the rocket's SLS, and the capsule's Orion. Exactly. Okay. Um, Forgive me. I've been telling this story for so long. You, you, get, you just roll these things off, and like everybody knows it. But it's a, it's, it's, it's a big mission. And it's – and again, just to be – have been talking about this for so long, and to see these things start coming together is, is really amazing. As, as a, I mean, I'm a child of Huntsville, and so I'm, I'm the kid who – you know, grew up in a treehouse that was shaken from them testing rocket engines. And, and so for me to grow up in this and to, to see this actually happening, it's what I, I told a group of our staff the other day when we were talking about um, our contract is to say, we, we really are, there's not many people in Huntsville that have the opportunity that we do right now to tell this huge, game-changing, you know, this is going to change Huntsville. It is changing Huntsville. To tell this story right now is just thrilling. To be in the business that I'm in and have a chance to be a part of telling that story is, is just, it's unbelievable. So there's some other terms that we're hearing more and more out in the media these days that I think Huntsvillians and listeners might be interested in. First of all, what is a wet dress rehearsal? <laughs> it's a curious term. Uh, so the wet dress rehearsal is when you, um, you assemble the rocket at, at Kennedy down in Florida and the, an enormous, uh, uh, it's called the VAB, everything is an acronym, it's the Vehicle Assembly Building. Then you roll it out to the pad, uh, that's where the rocket is going to lift off from, and then you go all the way to the point of launching the rocket. You fill it up full of fuel, you do all the testing of everything, and you get all the way to the point of launching the rocket. And it is a complete test, top to bottom, of everything. Because you don't want to get all the way to the end and realize that you've got a problem. So it's called a wet dress rehearsal to do that. So someone at like five, four, three, stop. There's someone in charge of not someone very, the button. someone much smarter than me is going to be at a point of, of knowing when to stop. But they take it all the way to that point. Yes, they're going to, they're going to go. You know, it is full of fuel. It is ready to go. Um, but it is, is it, you know, the intent is to get to a certain point and stop so that you've tested all systems in there. 
So the next time that goes out to the pad, it will be to be launched. There's just one wet dress rehearsal typically? Well, it just depends on the wet dress rehearsal. And, and so it depends on how things go. So I think I, the next wet dress rehearsal, I think, is in mid-June that they're going to okay. do. Yeah. Uh, another term we've heard, uh, and you as the marketer promoter can help us understand, <laughs> someone talks about this is EM1. What does EM1 mean for the Artemis program and the SLS? Well, um, EM1 was how things were referenced early on. And so now it really is Artemis 1 is the mission. Yeah. And so this launch, which will hopefully happen soon, what will be on this launch? So this launch will have the Orion capsule on top. There will not be any astronauts inside of it. Any yeah. monkeys yeah. or German shepherds? Or? I do not know. There will okay. be no live things on the in the Orion capsule, uh, but the capsule will. They'll have an SLS. We'll have the launch, and then the Orion capsule will go and, and essentially do um, uh, go up to the moon, do a lap around the moon, and and then come back. Um, it is going to be a, a pretty amazing trip, really. That that's going to do. So, what are some of the techniques or mediums that you all at Media Fusion? used to help tell the story social media animations i've seen a whole suite of everything from static bumper stickers to i mean tell us when you're deciding how to tell the story what devices you use so again that's really part of a, of a huge orchestrated effort not just at, in huntsville marshall uh, but really across all the centers so we have different staff that are doing just an unbelievable amount of things from you know from social media about posting to Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all the things that you're going to expect there to executive level communications about, you know, writing speeches and making sure we're consistent in how we're communicating about the rocket and things that are happening to very, very technical documents. So then we're going and presenting to scientists and engineers and universities about the work that's being done. So really what we do as, you know, the contract that we have with NASA is to make sure that we're coordinating with big NASA about this story and then making sure that we're executing um, our part of that story, whether it be, again, as simple as a, as a tweet or something as, as complex as a technical presentation. All those things collectively have to be speaking in a similar voice to make sure that we're not canceling each other out or sending out confusing messages to the public. What about swag? I've seen swag. There's inflatables. I've seen, you know, I mean, how do you decide what swag is appropriate swag? Well, there certainly are some uh, regulations around swag about what you can give out. But uh, certainly we have a group, uh, really an amazing staff at the exhibit shop. So NASA has its own exhibit shop um, at NASA Marshall, which has been there since the Von Braun days. Um, and, And really some amazing folks there. We had a guy who recently retired who literally would sit down with Von Braun and build scale model rockets to put in wind tunnel tests. Uh, and so we have people there that are making huge models. Um, i trying to think where there is one in public that people could go and see. Um, they're, they're, they're scattered around. Gosh, they're all over the other. Oh, there's several, the Space and Rockets. Yeah, I was going to say, I think, yeah. I've seen some at Space and Rockets. Uh, yeah. So we have staff doing things as complex as making models that go to museums and, and different places around the country to... We go to events, and a couple. One of the things we started a couple of years ago is instead of just going to kind of where you would expect NASA to be, a science fair or something, is well, let's step out of that comfort zone a little bit and almost look at kind of concentric circles of 
well, what's a little bit outside of that zone where we can reach people? So we started going to Comic-Con. We started going to um, just a lot of different events. We started going to South by Southwest. And so you, you'd get people there and go, oh, wow, NASA. Okay, cool. I, I wouldn't expect you to see you here, but it kind of makes sense. And, and we have had just an amazing reaction of, of NASA going to different events. One of my favorite stories from that, we, uh, we were at Comic-Con. This is several years ago. And uh, had a booth there, and we're talking to people. And one of the things that we were going to have an astronaut come be in the booth. And so he's walking through Comic-Con, uh, working his way towards the booth. And he's in full astronaut apparel, as he should be, out in public. And people keep stopping him saying, that is an amazing astronaut outfit. <laughs> they thought he was doing cosplay? <laughs> right. <laughs> he's like, no, really, I'm an astronaut. They go, no, 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 come on. You know, but so... Uh, but it was a great event, and that's some of the things that's exciting is really getting out and taking NASA to, to events where you wouldn't expect to see them. And, and just some stuff that you've been involved in, like the, you know, the NASA Day in the Park and some stuff that we've done of, of great ways to engage the community in, in the story that's happening right now. Yeah, we'll talk about those in a second because those have been a great way to connect Huntsvillians to this you know, Huntsville-based program. I do remember our, our – uh, common friend Todd May who's on the DHI board of directors he yes. was a center director but he actually did a reddit AMA ask me anything like how does that that's one of those outside the box ways to promote right exactly and, and that's what you're trying to do is as you know to help tell the story is that you know the, the American public just like anything you're you're inundated with messaging you're inundated with things that are out there and, and so how can we make uh, NASA relevant how can we make sure that people understand what's happening and how it impacts their life um, and make it exciting uh, because there's it's, it's a it's a very complicated space already. It's hard to get attention. And so you have to go to places where people are. And Reddit's a good example of, of that. Going to events where people are like South by Southwest and different events. Um, you've got to get out there and, and get in front of people with with that messaging. I think Todd just wanted to go some cool places. So he's like, I want to go to Comic-Con. What a NASA. No, I'm joking. I'm sure Todd's listening, Todd. I'm sure there's very, very real reasons. There's very legit reason that yeah. he's going. Yeah, but um, so NASA in the park, NASA on the square. We've done those events, which Absolutely. are kind of like uh, um, open houses for um, the community because Marshall is behind the Army Post gate, so not everyone can get on there. Tell us y'all's role in NASA's in the park and NASA's on the square. So really for that, um, that's kind of an all hands on deck for, for us because that's squarely in the lane of, of what um, our, our folks do. So that can be everything from, gosh, for, for those events, we all of our exhibit staff, and these are people who, who build exhibits for NASA, um, were there on site. We had models that were here. We brought in cool interactive games that we've built. Um, we had tents full of experiments and different things that were there. Um, and then, gosh, you know, there's all kinds of graphics and different things and, and giveaways and, and all the stuff that goes around getting ready for NASA uh, on the NASA Day in the Park or NASA on the Square. That's what our staff on site at, at Marshall um, get involved in things like that. And that same thing happens. It's not just here. So we do a very similar event in Montgomery. We do a very similar event in the New Orleans, New Orleans area. I said that right, I think. New Orleans area. Because uh, there's a part of Marshall in New Orleans called Michoud Assembly. Michoud Assembly, right. Okay. And so we do – so those are great events. And, again, it's, it's, it's about – Going out and getting involved with the public and, and going to where people are and helping to tell that story. I, I've been fortunate enough to 
to hang out in some of the the booths and you know wear a NASA shirt and 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 the questions you get are are just amazing and and sometimes you you really think you want people to understand what great things are happening because uh, there's some really neat stuff that's about to happen that's coming up and to make sure we've got people engaged and excited about it going on. In addition to what's coming up, um, we worked with you all on a really cool project that looked backwards as we celebrated um, a few years back, the 50th anniversary that was a lot of, of the Apollo mission. And again, it's kind of like around the square, but one of the coolest things that you all created, and I'll try to put this in the show notes, a <laughs> link to it is a video that we projected on the side of West Side Square that actually had some original footage of Von Braun. Tell us how you all produced and created that video because it it was so inspiring. I think I just could watch it over and over again. Well, that was a great project. And and we... um that's called projection mapping. Uh, and again, kudos to our amazing staff that pulled that off. And, and so essentially what you've got to do is it's just an enormous video, really. And, and you have very powerful projectors, but you have to know the scale of the building that you're projecting onto to make sure that everything fits onto the building. Um, and then I remember, I, you may remember that one of our challenges that night was that somebody left a light on <laughs> in one of the offices. All the windows of all the city, someone left that light that on. That one light on. And we were like, who is that dude that has that light on? Um, so you have to create this enormous video with very powerful projectors uh, to then shine on and to match the, the scale and the size of the building. Um, we did that that summer. And then a couple of months later, uh, we actually worked with the state of Alabama and did a very similar project for the bicentennial for the state of Alabama and told a it was about a 10 minute story of this the history of the state of Alabama and we projected it on to the attorney general's buildings in in downtown Montgomery that was actually seven projectors um, and we lit up the entire capital for that. Uh, that was an absolutely amazing project that, that we did and, and just were thrilled to be a part of that. And those buildings are very, I mean, bright white buildings. So it seems like a very perfect background. It, it was. And then they're very ornate buildings, too. So instead of just a flat uh, wall that you're projecting onto, we had to make sure that the video wrapped around all the columns. And we made sure that every window was set out just right so that we had things flying in and out of the building, and, and we're trying to tell the story of the state as well. And that was just a fantastic project. Anyone leave a light on in the attorney general's? No, okay. but we did have to go in and actually put paper on all the windows because we, could, we were getting too much reflection from the windows. And so we spent that day actually covering up windows in the attorney general's office. I think we've semi-officially confirmed that that guy in 200 West Side Square on the seventh floor, he worked for Elon Musk. <laughs> He's just screwing with us. All right. <laughs> Probably so. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, so. maybe not. All right. So, uh, so you do all amazing NASA stuff, but you're a uh, Huntsville headquartered company that is not just do NASA work. What exactly. would be some other projects or promotions that people in Huntsville would recognize as part of the media fusion family? Got it. Uh, a really visible thing that we did a couple of years ago and we still work on to this day is uh, the National Park Service had their bicentennial um, a couple of years ago. And they hired our web team to go in and, and actually rebuild the back end of the National Park Service website, which is one of the most visited websites in the federal government space. Really, And so we did – that was an exhaustive project that took – 
months and months to work on and, and actually got it ready for the bicentennial celebration of, uh, of the National Park Service. And we work on that to this day. What's and, your favorite national park? Oh, goodness. Wow, that's hard. If you could go to one right now and only one, where would you go? I don't know, Chad. It's somewhere else. I'm a big fan of anything in Arizona, and, and so all the stuff out there in the Four Corners area is, is just amazing. Okay. Um, I would go to Denali. I don't know if Denali is part of your project. Denali, well, yeah. you know, it, it was. Um, and then we're working on right now uh, another project for the National Park Service. Uh, one of the things we did last year, we helped them rebuild their app. And so they have uh, the National Park Service. Park Service used to have multiple apps that all the different locations and they were kind of fighting with each other and it wasn't uniformed. And so we worked with a group and and redesigned the National Park Service app um, and actually just won a Webby Award uh, for that. And what we're working on right now, and this is a really this kind of ties back into the things that we enjoy doing um, working on a project right now to where you can be at Denali and say, I want to know what um, buildings used to be. Like if you're at a location, you could turn your phone on and shine it at that location, point at the location, and it would say it would pop up a virtual building in a space that used to be there. Oh, like an augmented reality. It's augmented reality for the National Park Service. And so if you're, if you're at Denali, you turn on the augmented reality and say, well, here's the tip of this mountain. It's at 14,000 feet. George Washington slept here, all that kind of stuff. So we're working on that right now. I will have to check. Where can you find or Would that be on the National Park Service's website? Just, or? Yeah. If you just go to the Apple App Store, this national, it's a, well, I mean, we were involved in it. So yeah. I think it's a great app, but it is a great app. It really is good. Huh. Um, it, it, it delivers a tremendous amount of information in a really clean, nice way. National Park Service and NASA, those are two federal awesome clients. They're great. We love them. Uh, Park Service is fun people to work with. Um, we also do a lot of work for the Navy and, uh, and have worked with the Department of Energy over the years. And the Air Force have done some have got some folks out on the West Coast that um, hop in the backseat of fighter jets with high speed phantom cameras doing just amazing test photography of, of little, stuff like top gun maverick type stuff a little, little bit of that yeah, yeah. Look at y'all. were <laughs> so, you in the jump seat richard no i'm too tall for the jump seat <laughs> uh, but and, and that's that's the exciting stuff that we get to do uh, it's really just amazing some of the stuff that, uh, that i see back from from our group that they get involved in is whether it's nasa or the air force or whatever um it's you know it, it's it's really exciting stuff have you seen the top gun sequel no but i won't you seen it, Tim? Really good. Is it really? Tim, did you get choked up? Oh. <laughs> I got choked up. Okay, I'm admitted. I was like, well, I'm a child of the 80s, and so that speaks to me yep. straight up. So, I, uh, yeah, I, I got to go see that. I'm trying to figure out how to talk my wife into going, but yeah. My, my son uh, was a, almost my exact age when I went and saw the first one, mm-hmm. so I felt like this is a rite of passage. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's well, good. what a great conversation. We're going to wrap good. it up here. Um, if people want to learn more about Media Fusion on the World Wide Web or on social platforms, how can they engage with you all? It's uh, FusionOnline.com, and same thing for all the Insta, Twitter, Facebook, uh, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's all around FusionOnline.com. So if they called you up and said, Richard, we got an extra seat on SLS, would you go? Absolutely. Would you? Good. No hesitation. Okay. That would be quite a ride. 
you've done all the simulations, so you probably absolutely. <laughs> I know what to, I know when it's going to turn and what to do. Absolutely. Well, we like to finish up every podcast with a segment we call the favorite five. I've heard it. It's designed to uh, learn about the personality behind the person. Uh-oh. One word answers are the focus, but you can expand if you need to. Are you ready? I am ready for Richard Williams' favorite five. Spock or Captain Kirk? Spock. Disney's Tomorrowland or Epcot's Future World? I, I know I shouldn't tell you this, but I'm, I'm not a big Disney person. So, okay. <laughs> Somehow you got through. <laughs> you got through the vetting. You just said that on, on the, my podcast. <laughs> All right. Well. But Epcot, maybe okay. I've never been to either one. So just don't answer that. Okay. One. Okay. Just don't answer. <laughs> Skip. You get your favorite four. Superhero from outer space, Guardians of the Galaxy, Power Rangers, or He-Man and the Gar- Galactic Guardians? Oh, wow. I'm going to have to go He-Man. That's, that's old school. I like that it. is very old school. Yeah. Best human uh, superstar in outer space, Flash Gordon or Buck Rogers? Flash Gordon. That's a good answer. Okay. Good. Yeah. Thanks. And last but not least, if you had to watch one space set TV show, would it be Lost in Space or Battlestar Galactica? Oh, Lost in Space. Really? I loved Lost in Space. Have you seen the new reboot? Yeah. It's not as good. It's not as good. All right. Well, danger. Danger, Richard Williams. You better learn about some Disney if you ever want to come back. All right, all right. Sorry, sorry. I should have lied. I'm, I'm sorry. All right, one more time. Where can people find about Media Fusion on the internet? FusionOnline.com. All right. That's Richard Williams, one of the principals of Media Fusion, an incredible branding creative company headquartered here in the Rocket City. And they're working on the Artemis program, which hopefully... We'll be launching soon, and if you see great images, animations, graphics, you've probably seen the handiwork of Media Fusion. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. We'll talk to everyone next time on the DHI Explorer Podcast.